looking for a podcast about nothing, then you are definitely in the right spot. Join Ross Peterson and Mark Charter each week as they discuss life, current events, and the things you are not allowed to talk about at work. Okay, hang on, because here we go. This is Ross and Mark, Jump the Shark. Jump the Shark is sponsored by Charterhouse Real Estate. Charterhouse can help you save thousands when you sell, and we can help you buy your next home as well. Google Charterhouse to see hundreds of great reviews or learn more about us at charterhouseiowa.com. Now here is the show. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. We're back. And just like last week, we got the same batting order. Ross, Sean, Joe in the house, ready to talk about, I don't know what we're going to talk about, to be honest. Man. I feel like if we are a batting lineup, I'm leading off hey-ho. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going forth. Because he's, yeah. because he's skinny. Well, he, I mean, and and he and looks I think quick. He's, he looks quick, right? And even if you're not quick, it's about we're playing that mental edge game, and they're going to go, yeah. oh, they got this guy leading off because he's real fast. It's all about perception. Yeah, yeah. And they bring the third baseman up, and Hayho sneaks one down the line, and then we got a, a leadoff double. Yeah. I'm hitting second because I'm not a good hitter, but I can lay the bunt down the right uh, down the first Team base player. line. That puts Hayho at third. Sacrifice. I, I like think that. Charter is our three hitter. Yep. Okay. Charter's the guy that's going to wrap a double into right center. Are you telling me that I don't have home run power? Is that what you're saying right now? No, I, I, I think that I mean, your, your first pitch swinging, you're anxious, you want to drive in. That is AL. true, as soon as I see right. something meaty. Yeah. Right. I took that more like you're not legging right. out a triple. Runner, runner, not anymore. <laughs> runner on third with just one out. The pitcher's not going to get too creative. You throw something outside, you wrap it into right center, and you double. Okay. Okay, fine. One run in, and then we got uh, Brecky hitting cleanup, and uh, boom, kaboom, two-run bomb. We're up 3 nothing. Boom goes the dynamite. I'll take that. Easy enough. Yeah. That's not bad. So, Ross, here's a question for you. Since we last met, you and your lovely wife came over to my house uh, for dinner. Yes, we did. Brought your kids. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. And uh, I asked you, so my wife, who we discussed many times on this program, she she's a warrior, Ross. So after something like that happens... How do you think Aaron felt about me? Did she like us? Did she say anything? I, I get 20 questions, man, big time. But one thing that you said was after that evening, she said, or you said, I feel like Aaron understands you better. So my question to you is, what the hell did that mean? Well, do you really want to talk about this on the podcast? Because I can tell you. Yeah. If you want to know. All right. Yeah. So. I mean, don't hurt. We know I'm sensitive. So don't. Yeah, right. Don't hurt my feelings. You are as open in personal conversation as you are on this podcast. We have conversations on this podcast that I would never have with friends. But that's what one of the things I love about you. Yeah, you're di- you're different in that way, Mark. You want you like having these conversations that other people are kind of squirmy about. I'm squirmy about. My wife's really squirmy about. Oh, I could tell. And that and so you did that. You pressed that envelope and you kind of had those conversations. I don't remember exactly w- which one it was. You remember what we talked about specifically that she felt like was over the top? Oh, I know. We were talking about and something I need to clear up here. I'm glad that I remembered this. Yeah. I have said a couple times on the podcast that for Katie's birthday, she wanted to yes. have a bunch of us send that, and that's not the case at all. Mark did that, even though Katie did not want that to happen. Mark just is that kind of person. Hey, send my wife random erotica throughout her birthday. To, and by the way, numbers that she didn't know, a lot of people yeah, that had just, just coming just, in hey, randomly. Yep, just it's the send, best part. Send porn to this number, and there are people that will do that for you. I think the request was, I want her bombarded with boobs. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Sean, Sean, Sean did real well that day. <laughs> and even he, at, he sent something epic. Even at that, my wife, because in that was, we, we kind of got around to that, and it was like, well, because she's like, man, I got some really weird stuff. And I said, oh, yeah, Brecky sent you something weird. And she was, she did laugh at you, Sean. She's yeah. like, oh, she's like, I know Sean Mark's, at least. Mark's and, text was the raunchier, the better. Yeah. And I took that to heart. <laughs> uh, so she starts describing a few of the things that she got. And which, I mean, my wife, again, gets this immediate sour look on her face like, what in the hell is this? Yeah. Who does this? 
These are not normal people. These are not normal people. Yeah. This is strange, which we like not normal. You have to understand that. Aaron gets yeah. that look on her face, but we like the not normal. Um, but that's the type of thing that, that when I said Aaron understands you better, the fact that you're just able to be face-to-face with somebody when they do that, that always helps you understand it. Like, oh, this is a real person. This isn't an act. It's just part of their personality. You know, Mark, you... Right or wrong. One of the things that we, again, that we talked about when we left there, because you also mentioned to Aaron that you were homeschooled for a period of time when we were there the other day. And so, very matter-of-factly, you did not pick up on or care for the social cues that Aaron was projecting. Aaron is very obviously uncomfortable. She very obviously wants this conversation to end. Which I, like the homeschooling or the... No, hold on. I'm going to get to that. Okay. I'm getting get to that. that and, and Aaron is projecting all of these things that a lot of us would pick up on and care about and go, oh, I don't want to make that person uncomfortable in, in our conversation here. You don't give up. You don't care. You don't Sorry, care. That You've lost exist. all. Hey, she was on my home turf. Exactly. You not only, but Mark, if you were in our yeah. kitchen, you wouldn't... <laughs> it wouldn't matter. would have so, mattered. And That's probably true. And there is a thing with being homeschooled that you have this sort of freedom about that. Like you've got this thing, you've, you have that realization early on that we all come to at some point in our adult life, which is screw everybody else. I don't care if you're uncomfortable. I'm, we're having fun. We're just having a conversation. Nobody's getting hurt. We're, you, know, you don't care or pick up on all of the, you. You pick up on them. You're a smart guy to see that Aaron's uncomfortable and that she's wiggling in her seat. You just don't care to stop it and make it uh, make it more comfortable for her. It's not that homeschool kids are weird in that way. Mm-hmm. It's that they are, Some are. It's that they have an advantage of not caring about what you what makes you comfortable. I've seen yeah, I've seen the opposite with homeschool kids. Like kids that I know that were homeschooled, yeah. Introverted. Not to use the word weird, but most were different. Yeah. Um but none. I don't think were, I, I none don't were think a mark, I, non, none were a mark chart. I don't think I fit the homeschool. Yeah. So no. do you think yeah. that it's more like he never learned those social yes. cues or the the, the mark norms? Went to, mark went to, to public to, school for a while, but not for he, he didn't not develop to the extent in, that we all. I went did, through the right? I went through fifth grade and then came back and, and that those six, seventh stuff and eighth school. grade years are formative years for that yeah. time. however i was not in a cave during this time no by no, no. myself and i again i want to i'm a huge homeschool advocate i wish that we had the resources and uh and know how to homeschool our kids yeah. i know that my kids are getting a much better education up at the elementary school yeah. than they would be in our basement i'd wish that weren't the case mm-hmm. but it is i th- i think a lot of what you said is true i'm not uh, not refuting that i think that uh, I delight a little bit in the drama. So in that particular situation, am I aware that of how Aaron's feeling? Yeah. 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 Do, do I, care? do I care? Not no. really. Right. No, right. because I'm in a business where specifically this applies to you. This applies to everybody else that works here where it's my job to push you guys outside of your comfort zone. People are want to be in their comfort zone because it's comfortable right? I'll get people to go outside of that. And sometimes I'll push them outside of that by answering questions that they wouldn't normally answer, et cetera. Or like, for I, instance, the, uh, the, the karaoke thing. Kara- did a karaoke. Yeah. Back. We did a, during COVID, we did a, um, uh, socially distanced karaoke amongst the people that worked here. And we said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm challenged. Oh, yeah. That was, I, I, that was I, I challenged Joe to do X song. So he had a few minutes to like sing a song into his camera and send it to the rest of the group. How many of the people were comfortable doing that? Probably none. Probably none. But is it comfortable to go into a living room and meet somebody that you've never met and try to sell yourself? No, it's not. So the more you do those exercises, the more likely you're going to see, say, it's not a big deal for me to do this. I did X, and X was much worse than this. I had to tell my father-in-law I was having sex with his daughter when I was, you know, 18 years old, 17 years old. I had to have that conversation with her dad for, we've talked about this on the podcast before. So is going into a living room and talking to people about selling their house a big deal after I had that conversation? Not really. You know, so find something in your life that's worse and then say, okay, this isn't as bad I as that. I survived that. I can survive Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 
having those battle scars is nice as you move forward in life. So, long story short, Aaron's never coming back. She we she absolutely loved it, and uh, Aaron's a tough cookie. She's a hard one to read. Would you have thought he was going to say Aaron loved it after what? When as soon as we got home, Aaron fired up her cricket and made a uh, a sticker for Katie, which is Aaron's biggest sign of. Uh, it's it's her biggest term of endearment. I have hey. no. First of all, I have no idea what cricket is. Yeah, second of all, you. Either. Second of all, you dropped a sticker on my desk today that says "one classy bitch." Oh. So I don't know what this is for. I don't know. I don't so is this like a term of endearment? Is this for, something that the girls Aaron, discussed? I don't know. I don't know. I have she just no goes. Idea. Here's a sticker. She went home. Give it out today to somebody. No, she said, "Give that to Mark. It's for Katie. I'm sending Katie a message on what she's supposed to do with it." Oh, okay. I have no idea. So I don't. Okay. That's what I know. That and may I, become I, a that may become a tramp stamp. And I will tell you <sighs> that I'm I'm being dead serious here. Aaron's a hard one to get compliments from. I, she I love her to death. She's you not going to fire up the cricket for anybody. She's, she's, she's just firing up the cricket. Now, what's a cricket? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get you guys to know that. What a cricket. Yeah. Is? Oh, yeah. It's okay. like Joe a, knows. it's uh it's arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a sticker producer. Don't is you that what it is? Design it on the makes. design on the computer and then it prints it out. Okay. In sticker form. You, and there's there's all sorts of like I don't they're know expensive what, forums. Oh, they're ridiculous. Well, it was her Mother's Day birthday gift. Sure, was yeah, yeah was this cricket machine. So the fact, and that- I will tell you, man, she has. I I, I thought it was going to be one of those deals, Joe, that we bought and it just kind of sat you there. Use it once or twice. Use it once done. or twice. Yep. Which we do a lot with like Eli yeah. toys. We've had man yeah. a couple of the big ticket items we've bought for Eli for Christmas or birthdays. Have been those one or two use things. And I've you, got and a you, playground in our backyard. That oh, that I, have a, I have a playground. We have this <laughs> giant uh, scooter um, uh, board. Uh, what are they? Oh, I yeah. can't. God, I'm so old. You have a hoverboard. Thing. We a have thing. a thing. We got yeah. a thing. The basketball hoop in the backyard. We have a basketball hoop just like Charter has at his house. It gets used, you know, six, seven shots a year. Mm-hmm. Right, and then it gets caught by the wind and gets knocked down, and I have to go out and, yeah. and it's anyway. the net's completely ripped off. Right, exactly. So, so this but will, the cricket is the not cricket. That. Aaron has done amazing stuff with, and well, now she, she can like, cut leather with it and all sorts. So of I'm glad we've wild. got this sticker, and hopefully my wife will know what it means by the time I take it home to her today. Uh, but th- this describes my wife perfectly. So we had you guys over on Sunday night, uh, Tuesday. Uh, we happened to see each other at the ball field in. Uh, Waterworks. Water, what was that called? Thanks for coming over and saying hi after the, your your game was over. By the way, I, dude, I, my I, kids were so tired at that. Point. I was thirty five feet away. Yeah. So Ross came on up on the south side of Des Moines. Ross came up to my so, parents, introduced himself. You know, pulled I, the celebrity card. Okay, let, they think they, let, think they think he's a big deal. Celebrity hey, but, card, hey, you jerk. All right, you, well, jerk. you can say whatever you want, but before that, so I don't lose my point because I'm also old. Sure. Um, we ran into you and Aaron and Audrey and Eli and and. Aaron talked to us, obviously, and then when you guys walked away, my wife says, well, she talked to us, so she must not hate us. That, that was her reaction after the dinner. Bingo. That's how my wife thinks things. Bingo. And that, and that I would have said the same thing to you. If she would have said to me, Saras, I would have said, well, she just talked to you, so she doesn't hate you. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can follow her for not very long, and you'll see how she treats people she doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, lets people know. All right, what were you going to say? So I got to the ballpark last night, and where we were was it's called Holiday Park. Waterworks Park is it is a different deal, and there is uh, Hol- Raccoon Park. Valley plays within the grounds of Waterworks Park, but it's it's kind of weird. So hey, we were at Holiday Park. I'm walking through the parking lot, and I see the Charterhouse Real Estate Mobile. I'm like, oh, I know that license plate. Snap a photo, say which field, send it to Mark. Okay, obviously no response. <laughs> But as I'm walking up, I'm looking. Well, my friend is here. My buddy Mark is here somewhere. I'm going to go out of my way to go say hi to him, right? And I see Mark setting up his lawn chair next to a field. So I wander over there. I say, hello, how's everybody doing? And Mark's mom, Nancy, is there. And it's nice to meet you. How are you? And she says, I have listened to you since the Jan Michelson days. I love talking about Jan. I love it. And most people that listen to that show you're kind of like-minded with, obviously. So it's just fun to instantly go, oh, you're part of, you know, a bird of a feather. Mm-hmm. My flock mm-hmm. here, I got it. Yep. So we did that moment. Nancy and I were bonding, like, oh, this was fun. I remember this, and this is what's happening and all that. Well, apparently that was me pulling the celebrity, the card, celebrity card on his yeah. mom. 
Yeah, you can and see that, his face glowing. That must have been enough to, because again, I love talking about Jan in that time in my life. It was fun. You do. You talk about Jan like he was your uh, grandpa. You just you're. I, there's you're, a lot of. So, could I like him a yeah, lot? I we could I could talk about him for a long time. I love the guy. So, say goodbye. The game's getting ready to start. We're gonna let you guys play baseball. We're starting 15 minutes from now. So your game's gonna get over a little bit before ours, but we're gonna be playing later. I have no way of knowing that See detail, by the way. See you later. So I walk away. And we literally walk 35 feet down the fence line, and I set up my little viewing booth, right? Mm-hmm. Game is nearing an end. Eli is coming up in the last inning. They're down by two runs. Ooh, He's close got one. two runners on, and Eli strokes one into left center. Base hit, ends up getting around. It doesn't score on the hit, but ends up scoring. Winning run comes in behind him. Eli's team wins in walk-off fashion. And I'm thinking, that's wow, my son. that's really cool because <laughs> – that's really cool also because Mark and Seton were probably watching – Watching that game. To see the end of the game. And I turn around, and it's crickets. It's – he's – he didn't even say goodbye. Like, he didn't even come over to go, oh, hey, how's the game going? That would, be, that would, be, how, that would be true. Here's I how Seton did – Nothing. My mom thinks struck, you're cute. Nothing struck like out, struck out yeah. twice. Yeah, thanks for chatting with my mom. Dude, she if you had was... watched the game that I had just watched, you'd want to get the hell out of there as fast so that, as possible, So then too, here's man. my other thing. Now I'm assuming, oh, things must have gone bad. Yeah. Seton's team. And Mark, they did tell me it was their first game of the year, so Seton's team probably got First smoked. game ever at this level of baseball and for yeah, most First of game them. leading off and drop third strikes and all that stuff with baseball. That's rough when you start yeah. that. Must have been bad. A lot going on. They won 13-1. to 14-1. to <laughs> 14 to 1, but here's the truth about 14 to 1. We played probably four innings or so. There were three balls hit and play the entire game. Everything else was a walk or a strikeout. The reason we won is our pitchers threw strikes and we're striking them out. Their pitchers threw nothing but balls. So they walked in. My kid went a big fat 0 for 2. He says 2 for 2 because he struck out twice, but they dropped the third strike and he got on first. I decided to tell him that's not really 2 for 2, but, you know, in his mind. He's batting a thousand. My mom, <laughs> at this point, what do you my mean, mom's, base? My mom's been around baseball for seventy-five years, and still to this day, if a if you, if a kid hits the ball, that's a hit. So, like, regardless when, of where it goes, right, right. So it's all that, which is fine if you're grandma and you're sitting there watching. Where that gets really bad and confusing is when grandpa or uncle or dad shows up in the sixth inning. How's the game going? Well, yeah, we're down eleven to nine. How has Camden done? And Ma- and Grandma says he has three hits. <laughs> like wow, good game. And it's like, uh, hold on, let's uh, see that scorecard. He's, he's zero for three. Yep. He's, he's, yeah. he's hit the ball then, well. Then why a is he times, crying in the dugout? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Or or there's a no hitter. And, you know, Grandma, oh, man, it looks like it's a slow game. Oh, but Matt's hitting the ball well. He's had three hits in the game. It's like, no, Grandma. Something's not happening. So here's a question from the other night. Explain this. Um, No idea what the app's called, but my wife shows me her phone, and it's tracking his game live. Game changer. There's somebody there that I couldn't see. Yep. This is my literally like. I think I heard you. Th- these are nine year olds. Yeah, dude, this is my job. Li- so, so I get an email after the game. Um, with a recap, it was only like a three sentence recap or yep. something, but it says Ankeny Storm uh, throws a combined no hitter with three pitchers or however many pitchers. I'm like, what? Yep. Like who? Who is doing this? Mm-hmm. Me. What do you mean you? You're over there watching the other game. Yes. What Are I'm you saying doing is, it for just what I'm your saying game? is, there is somebody. There's a parent on your team that's doing that for the game. Maybe a coach. Maybe a coach's wife is holding an iPad or a phone. And literally keeping book on the phone. I do the exact, this is what I do. Uh, coach gives me an iPad at the beginning of the game because I want to know the score and yeah. who, what, where mm-hmm. we're at in the lineup and all that stuff. So it's just easier for me to keep the book for everybody. Um, and this, the, the app is one of the coolest things ever. So grandma and grandpa that can't get to the game can download the app and they can follow their Seton's baseball team. Okay. Mm-hmm. As I am inputting the data, Mark, that says, so Seton comes up to bat, the App will literally has the voice. It's not doesn't sound like Max Headroom. It sounds like a broadcaster, and it says, "Now batting for the Ankeny Storm, Seton Charter, or probably uh, probably probably, probably mispronounces Seton. it in some way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Seton Charter, and then it, on the on the hill for the yeah. uh, Iowa Sticks is Joe Hayhoe, 
and then you'll hear this sound. It'll go. Oh wow! That's the pitch. Yeah, I'm gonna have to download this then. So, huh. and that happens when I hit. So I'm, I'm getting. I'm looking at the field on my app. First pitch comes in. I literally hit pitch, and then all the options that can happen from a single pitch pop up in front of me. Yep. Is it a ball? Is it a strike? Was it hit and play? Was the batter hit by a pitch? Yep. Catcher's interference. All the stuff. Whatever I hit, the you hear the umpire ball, really? or if I hit ball in play, you hear the crack of the bat. Oh wow, that's cool. And then I, when I hit ball in play, it asks me what's happened. Did it was it a pop fly, a line drive? I hit that, and the guy will say. Seaton Charter with a pop fly. I drag the pop fly into right center field. The ball is, and it, was it caught? Was he out at first? Was he? Well, wow. he hit a double. It goes play by play, stolen bases. So every crazy. team has to have a designated person, though, that knows how to use this app and is doing it. Every team, Mark, already has a, somebody that can run the book. Every team. You, I mean, this is a this is a, a requirement I mean, I, for baseball. I'm knowing about a physical book because I saw that happening. But so, you're talking about. An app, yeah, used. but essentially this is replacing that thing. You yeah. don't need to do the paper book yep. anymore if you're doing the app. Now maybe you've got people doing both on your team. If there's some, if you're getting the game changer thing, then somebody is actually inputting that doing it. that yeah. data. Doing yeah. it. That, no, that was cool. It's so cool, man. Like it, especially if you can't be at one of the games for whatever reason, it is. You'll be blown away. You'll be driving down the road at some point, Mark, listening, listening to this nine game, year old listening to this game changer app and lost in the broadcast of it, just like you would a Major League Baseball game. You'll feel like you're standing in the center field fence That's watching cool. the game. It's wild. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. All right, boys. That's all I've got for you. That's That was it. That was the show. That was I the told show. you guys when you joined us. I'm like, right, what are we going to talk thanks, about today? Thanks a lot. Yeah. Appreciate you joining us. I'm tired of talking about all the BS out there in the world, so uh, we don't need to do any of that. So what were you guys debating before? Something about food or... Were yeah, we, were nah, we, no, art? We, not food. What were you talking about? Okay. It's usually food, drink, or... Documentaries? Breck, is that Brecky's, what it was? Brecky's going to have to kind of walk us into this, because he's the one that's heard the most about this. But I've, I've told you, my favorite podcast on the planet is Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History. Mm-hmm. and, and it's After in, this one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I meant to listen to. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the... Uh, uh, it's, it, they always make me think about stuff. This A new season just launched this morning, and Brecky has already listened to the entire first episode. I'm like literally seven or eight minutes into it, but it's about the art world, this one particular episode. That's about the extent of what I know. So mm-hmm. that started our conversation without Sean telling me too much about it, about different documentaries that I had seen that get me intrigued about the art world. And then uh, Joe had not seen one called Sour Grapes yep. that we've talked about. I watched about. that one. And I think that's a fascinating look into that world also. Like, I, I do think that the rare wine world and the rare art world have a lot of similarities mm-hmm. in that you're kind of lied to. Yeah, kind of. You are. This stuff's made up. The value is truly in the eye of the beholder. 100%. There is no... I mean, the market determines the price on all things. It's, in, it's in, subjective, in some way. just it like art. Completely subjective. But it, the in these particular worlds, it's crazy how the value of something is determined by who's owned it. Not sure. even by yeah. not even by how much they bought it for. It's literally which collection was this a part of. It would almost be marked if like houses were sold, the price of homes were based on which broker listed the the home that or even who owned it so this was brad pitt's house yeah which you're going to get more money for that and maybe in real estate that i mean there's there's a, that's John a Boyd's chance car mm-hmm. yeah, yeah right those <laughs> things yeah exactly so anyway that it, it's a fascinating conversation to me and this it, this is starting to get into the the podcast is starting to get into the art world side of it but the wine side of it is also a fascinating thing to me and i told joe to listen to it because i'm interested in his take like we talked about one day, the conversation that comes out of that, like what are you really paying for? When you go to buy a, a rare wine or, or rare art, what are you really buying? And, and, and it comes down to like that fraudulent market type of thing. Art, art for me would be way different than wine. And I know people spend a lot of money on wine. In that particular documentary, one of the guys has a massive wine collection. Mm-hmm. It's one of the Koch brothers. 
Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. It, I think it was. I mean, we're talking millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, and all of it is sitting in a cellar, not being touched in a rack, not yeah. not being consumed. Art is something that you can enjoy. It's on the wall. Well, you can well, look at it. Well. It makes the house better. It's Mark, you know, it's just different. Like old Abe Lincoln over so, there on the wall, dude. But the a huge chunk of art. A huge chunk of the the finest art in the world is locked away. Yeah, is Which is what even yeah even curators at museums. Yeah. But when you say locked away, are you saying not even in someone's house? I'm saying the curator of the museum has never seen this right. stuff. So without giving too much away from from the revisionist history episode from today, that's exactly what it's about. It gets into how these people and these curators of these museums will buy this art not to display it not to even look at it some of the stuff that they talk about in the podcast is like Andy Warhol's collections mm-hmm. from when he died they purchase these collections and there are boxes of stuff that have been opened and have been cataloged and and whatnot but have they have no intention of ever putting this stuff in the museum whatsoever they buy it they to say are, they have it so the the uh he compares it to smog from The Hobbit. Have you ever read The Hobbit? There is <laughs> no, there not. is a dragon named I believe it's smog, and I if it's not that's I in the uh, the original cartoon where they got to shoot him where he doesn't have a scale. That's how they kill the dragon. Possibly yes. No, this is so this is true. so. It, but the the dragon in The Hobbit, all he has is this treasure that he sits on and that he guards. Mm-hmm. And it, he doesn't have it to spend it. He doesn't have it to wear jewels or anything like that. He literally is just hoarding this. I mean, treasure. why does a dragon need treasure? Is really the big question, right? There. Exactly. But yeah. he's he's not he he doesn't do it for any other reason except for that he wants to hoard yeah. this treasure. So they're hoarding. So they're art. hoarding art in the same way that we might hoard memories or you know trinkets from our past that makes a little bit of sense though because i I assume museums are competitive with each other so we're going to take it so you can't get it that's enough of a reason to take it or just to say it's not even to say we have it well probably not even that because they're not even displaying it so it doesn't matter they forget that they what they have even i kind of wonder what the most famous painting that we would know about that is not available to be seen because you think about things like the mona lisa which is or the scream and but you then know, that, the, that's th- like, these are out there. These are the ones that we know about. I'm sure there's tons of art we don't even know about that's in private hands or never been shown. And here's the thing, Mark. Like it, it, this is the thing that's the most fascinating to me. Why? Why do you know what the Mona Lisa is? Like if you said to me, Ross, if you said to 90 percent of America, mm-hmm. name a painting. It's the Mona Lisa. Right. Why is Have that? you seen the Mona Lisa in person? No. I asked that because not because you would have traveled, but because they brought it to Des Moines. About okay. 10 years ago, it was brought to Des Moines, and I went and saw it. And the biggest takeaway from the Mona Lisa, for most people, is it's small. The actual painting is yeah. very, very small, which surprised me. And it's just like, why is this famous? And it's not like the greatest painting of all time. No. It's not the most precise thing. It's not the... it's. That goes back to the value and yeah, how, what, how is it? Why is that painting famous? And I'm not, being very t- cut through the weeds because we were told it was yeah. the most famous. That's it. Yeah, that's why. That why why do we all know that painting? Because it's the one that we've all been. Do you guys shoved down our throats forever? Do you guys look at uh, whatever your most brilliant? Um, painter would have been that's painting things like that's a great painting you look at a painting you're like that's a great painting that looks exactly like uh, whatever yeah it looks you like know? exactly like what it's supposed to look like there's talent to that right <laughs> or, or even right. portraits someone that does a portrait like that looks exactly like the person the argument with art is always people like Jackson Pollock mm-hmm. that just I mean you've seen video of Jackson Pollock doing his work I mean we're talking literally splashing right. canvases right and then people say well I could do that too and in theory, they're right. They could take a paintbrush and splash it. But Do you think there's something like... But it's not signed by Jackson Pollock. Yeah, I know, but is Jackson Pollock so much more talented in that vein of painting than anybody else trying the exact same thing? Dude, did you ever watch Who the Fuck is Jackson Pollock? Mm-mm. Didn't I tell you that? That's the I, actual title? I told you to watch this. I've, and I will tell you again. This Is, it, is it can, on... Where's, where's it at? I think you can actually watch the entire thing on YouTube. 
documentary? Uh, yeah, documentary. Okay. And I, again, make sure you mark that before I drop the F-bomb there, because I apologize. No, we don't do that. We just let them go. Oh, so, good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Explicit warning. Yeah. Um, that's the name of the documentary. The, the, obviously, the F word is, they use some uh, some. It's like, don't F with cats. Yeah. yeah, right. But yeah, it's and it's a fantastic thing about this story, man, where a lady that was a trucker found a painting and bought it at like a, at a thrift I think store. I've heard of this one, yeah. And there is significant evidence piled up on top of each other that this thing is a Jackson Pollock painting. How do you know, Mark? It looks like a canvas that some dude threw paint at. Yeah. Well, that's what Jackson Pollock looks like. So what, how do you, well, what, where, where are the distinctive brush strokes? Well, there's nothing, there's no such thing with the Jackson Pollock. Yeah. Where's the distinctive colors that he used? That's not a thing either. So what made it famous? What made those Jackson Pollock paintings worth millions of dollars? Was he the only one doing that type at the time? No, and people were replicating his art all over. I mean, you still to this day, man, now it's like huge thing. So that, that, that is, that is a valid question. How do you identify legit Jackson Pollock? Unless they're all cataloged. These are the paintings I did. Everybody yeah, knows because that. Because in the, you would think in some sort of real fair world, yeah, there would be a, a distinct difference between the million dollar painting and the $5 piece of junk. In the, but the fact is, there's zero there's, difference. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. The, the line is not even blurry. There's no line. It looks the exact same. Thing, so, things are valuable because we're told they're valuable. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. This reminds me, we're talking about um, the effect on housing, et cetera. I heard a, a story or an anecdote about an apartment. Um, it might have been for rent or for sale. I can't remember. But would you, under these circumstances, pay more? Let's just say that this apartment in New York City... Um, goes for two thousand bucks a month. That's that's market rate, and then you find out, which was the case in this one, that Jackson Pollock lived there, and you can actually still see paint from Jackson Pollock on the floors of it. Now, would you pay three thousand bucks? Not a chance. That apartment. A lot of people would. Mm -hmm. Oh, I I bet there's because like how, how you know everybody that comes over, it's like Jackson Pollock painted right there. You know, it's just the story. But then, it, for the then story it comes part. back to how do you prove that that right. is in reality? It's some Jackson kids' Pollock. finger paintings yeah. that they did now, on the I, yeah. I do know carbon dating, no, Joe. No, uh, the, the 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 Jackson Pollock thing was because they had footage of him. That was he actually had his studio in, in that their room. painting, and they yeah they had m multiple photos of him with his canvases because his canvases were huge. huge. Yeah, so he'd set his canvases out, and then he had some sort of like. Uh, pulley system that kept him above the canvas so he wouldn't be walking on it or laying kind of like it. in the big lebowski with uh, <laughs> she's suspended what from the ceiling uh, there she's suspended like nude from the ceiling oh, and she yeah, comes flying right. down like, that's right yeah. Paint. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little bit like that okay. yeah. yeah he's very good and thorough i, I love that movie and thorough. by the way if you listen to this podcast and you haven't seen the big lebowski shame on you that's a great movie in so many ways so many so did you like the tornado pictures? Finally got those out. I did. Yeah. I did. I was going to ask you, yeah. what, what is the most you guys would pay for a piece of art? Let's assume that you love it. Okay, you go to, uh, you, you go to the art fair or whatever, and you fall in love with a piece of art. $200? I'm in, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I'm not. I'd have to really be in love with it. I mean, it'd, have to, art to, it'd have to be Iowa, Des Moines, baseball, family, dog. Like, it'd have to really hit the heart at the right time. And I'd also have to need a space on my wall filled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw a cool one, dude, that I could have, uh, um, at the time, it's uh, like, this is, this is how my brain works. I'm not tuning my own horn, but I see things like what I'm about to describe. And my immediate thought is, who can I buy that for? So I saw one. There's, a, there's an artist named Ben Shu that's local. And Ben Shu did a fire truck that hangs up in uh, Seton's room that he did for fire trucker. When they open, he did, it's, that's an old fire station, so he did a big fire truck um, on like a door. It's actually like a, a, a door. And I ended up buying that um, because it was charity. It was a charity auction. But he does really cool stuff. So Ben Shu, he's, he's the guy. I don't how know do you, if you how guys... How do you spell Shu? S-C-H-U, maybe? So he's the guy. I don't know if you guys were there, like Heartball. He, yeah, like, he did, did, did a live, live painting art, and stuff yeah, like that. But Ben Shu, one of the art festivals, I'm almost sure this was true, had had done a Principal Park one. 
And so we're talking a big canvas, That'd like Principal Park, cool. really cool. He does really, really cool colors and stuff. I remember seeing that and thinking, ah, I should buy that for Ross. I didn't buy it for you. <laughs> so how much, it, you know, when they say. So, so that would have been, but that would have been probably. I appreciate that. <laughs> that probably really would have been. Thousand to fifteen hundred bucks. Oh my God! Somewhere Dude, in there. If you but here, brought here, that to me, but I here's would... a huge difference, Ross. Here's a huge difference. I I don't know how to describe this other to people other than just saying it this way. Money does not matter to me that much. Now you can say, well, you got a nice house. Money's great. Having money is great. Hoarding money, keeping money to myself, not sharing it with friends, does not appeal to me in any way. So if I saw something and I'm like, that's perfect for Ross and it's $1,000, I'm like, that's one-eighth of my next deal oh my that I've got coming. So I don't look at it in the terms of like, it's $1,000. i like, man, Ross is a good friend of mine. I think he'll enjoy this. So while your wife hates listen me, to, listen to I me. still have a good heart, damn it. I promise you this. Yes. If you ever spend that much money on me, I probably already did. I sent into the world series. Yeah, but I knew about that, and that was we talked about that last night. That I mean, and I there's a reason I'm eternally grateful to you for that because I know what that was and what that meant to me. If you spend that much money on me on a gift, please don't tell me because I will feel so guilty. Yeah, you'd rather have that gra- garage sale fine, Ross. Yeah, exactly, and and because I yeah I and the other thing is. You know, every time the kids looked at it, I'd be like, don't look at that thing. Don't even, it's worth more than the house. Stop. <laughs> no grape juice around yeah, the yard. Yeah, exactly. Don't go near it. Exactly. Every time it got a speck of dust on it, I would be like, oh, you don't even care about the things. Look at this. Got something that's finally nice. Can't even well, we can't have anything nice. Exactly right. Do you guys have anything in your lives that you'd go a little bit crazy on? What would you, what would you say? You know what? Screw it. I'm going to spend the money on this other than your majors which are your car your house mm-hmm. maybe vacation right because vacations can be super expensive anyway yeah. so i'll we all need cars we all need houses because tomorrow is my dad's birthday mm-hmm. we got father's day coming up on sunday he's also in the hospital today he's having surgery tomorrow on his birthday oh that doesn't sound like wow. yeah so i need something to that I, I was trying to find something that uh would really cheer him up and mm-hmm. and you know just a good gift for him you know because all those things fall are falling in the same spot um, so I was looking into cameo, which you, you yeah. did, uh, for Ross. Yeah. I did a cameo last whammy! night. Yeah. You got the whammy guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was champ. one of the better ones I've yeah, ever that, seen. That was pretty good. You know, so, he was bored that which, day. He didn't have anything else yeah, going on, good. which I, you know, you, you're afraid with those things that you're not going to get your money's worth. Sure. Right. So I was looking through different ones to buy my dad or to, to get from my dad. And he likes pro wrestling. He, he's a big Packers fan. So Brett Favre is on there, and that's 300 bucks for Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair is $500. Wow. And, you know, I'm almost tempted to do it just because it's my dad, and, yeah. and it's, yeah. you know, he's, he's had a rough year. And, and You're going to feel birthday. jobbed if Rick's yeah, like, but happy birthday. Exactly, Woo! which Sean, Sean Roberts told that story. Him and his buddies, like, ponied up 250 bucks, and it was like, Hey, buddy, happy birthday. Have a good one. And that was it. For Ric Flair? No, not for Ric Flair. For some, I can't even remember who it was. Oh, for somebody wow. else. But I'm not going to shell out $500 yeah. if I'm just going to get the, you know, one happy birthday. Yeah. Woo! You know, and that's it. Like, did you I watch want, the videos? Did you I did, watch yeah. Them? And there's a couple of, and Brett Favre was immediately like, nah, not doing that. Because yeah. he's just like, hey, man, really, you know, hope you're doing well. Thanks for the yeah. 350 <laughs> Pretty much exactly right. So, but, and the Flair one, you know. I don't know if it's worth it. I don't even know dad would care yeah. or be, you know, yeah. coherent enough to see who this is and that he's actually talking to him. Yeah. You know, he, he, he does technology, but maybe not in the way that I, he could appreciate that. Yep. But that would be something that I would shell out yeah. for the right person at the right time, you know, birthday, recovering from surgery, things like that. Like I'm really ser- still tempted to do the $500 Ric Flair one. Well, if you're going to do it, do it today because yeah. they don't always get them right, yeah, right I did back a, to you. I did a Dan Gable one last night and haven't got it back yet. Yeah, I did a – Who's that for? A uh, buddy of mine's dad just finished cancer treatment. Nice. Oh, awesome. Big Iowa fan, big wrestling fan. Yeah. And I think just scrolling, the, the Gable ones have been good. Yeah. And he was the, 50 bucks. The other one that I was looking at That's instead really of Ric Flair is Mick Foley. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The sock Cactus, guy, Cactus, right? Cactus Jack, mankind. Uh-huh. Like, he was, he actually had some pretty decent Somebody ones out there. Somebody posted that was only one like of his. Did, did one of our friends, did a mutual friend of ours have a Mick Foley one the other day? 
Somebody that's what did. I saw. Anyway, that's what I saw. I've done a Chris Hansen one. Chris Hansen from. Uh, <laughs> I remember from I saw that Predator. one. Oh, like the Dateline guy? Yeah. That, so no way. Who was that for? I did it for my brother-in-law. And it, it, you showed it, it me, I think, and he does the voice. Hmm, I see you've been walking around with a backpack full of <laughs> the SpongeBob discography and Mike's Hard Lemonade. Why don't you come have a seat? It was good. That's and fantastic. I think he was, he You're was, free to leave whenever you'd like. Yeah, there are like cops waiting bucks. outside on the lawn, but yeah. feel free to take off. He was totally in character the whole time. That, that is, yeah. that's worth it. That's yeah. a part really of cool it. That it, you know, as I was looking through these again, professional wrestlers from my dad, like the million dollar man was on there and yeah. he, he barely did anything in character in, in the yep. sample videos. Uh, one that did was hacksaw Jim Duggan. I thought that would have been fun to, huh. to get him, but my dad was a huge Ric Just say, what's he say? Ho? Just ho yeah. or ho? Something yeah, I'd be like curious that. to see he what... has um, this crazy character. I'd be curious to see what Ric Flair's would be like. Because he, any video you see of him, he is hyped up. Always in character. Um, I felt bad watching his documentary. About yeah, his that was hard to watch. Life. Like just yeah. rough, rough life. So what would you do, Joe? Where would you, you spend um, the, the, the money? I, uh, two, two or three nights ago, I was about 30 seconds away from clicking buy now on a original Super Soaker in the I package. I saw you post that. that Wait, you for, were, for like a collector's for item? For, or no, to use? For, to use. Okay. Probably to use. I would probably keep it boxed for a while because I got, uh, I picked up water guns for Lincoln, got a couple at Walmart, huge, like bigger than him. Yeah. And, and they sucked. They yep. were like the kind that you, they only squirt when you pump, you yep. know. Yep, yep. And then Super Soaker was purchased by Nerf. When do they, they only squirt when wait, you wait, pump? Wait. When you pump, you know, the, yeah. that's normal. You have to, it, the harder you pump, does it squirt? The further it goes, farther yeah. goes. Yeah. yeah. Bigger, yep. yep. Bigger stream. Um, I've never, never been a super soaker guy. So, and that's the thing. I never had one growing up. The neighbors had them. Everybody in the neighborhood had one, but I never had a super soaker. So this one was on eBay. Original he in the package. He was too busy dropping stuff off a bridge to have a yeah. super, super <laughs> right, Putting exactly. poop in people's yes. purses. Um, <laughs> yeah, the old Burlington tricks. But, uh, yeah. It was oh, you guys don't bucks. do that? Yeah. 300 for Three, that? 300 bucks. Brand new in package. So this would have been, what, 25 bucks when it was new on the shelves? Yeah, I mean, probably I like that. 25 yeah, to sure. 40 bucks. Joe, I, 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 what, what makes you want that one, though? It's the super soak because he didn't have it. Uh, yeah, I I totally got that one, but I would when I saw you post that, I even thought to myself, you know, like for fifty bucks, for seventy five, yeah. yeah. maybe if I really wanted to do this, if I really had wanted a super soak, uh, I saw your post on that, and I was like, man, you're talking about memories, all the nostalgia. Yeah. You're talking the green and yellow one, yeah. right? Yeah, the, yeah. the original, and it came with the two, came with two extra one tanks tank, or something, two like extra that. tanks yeah. with yeah. like a holster. Because yeah. um, I ordered the new Super Soakers from Target, one yep. of them came in, and it's—I mean, it's—it's it's good, but it's not—it's not the Laramie nineteen eighty whatever were Super just Soaker. Bad ass. Well, what, uh, what? What made you not hit the uh, buy now button? Though you said you almost did. Yeah, the three hundred—that's three hundred bucks. That's expensive is, for that. Is man. cashy, um, and there apparently aren't that many left. Because I looked, I—I I spent more time than I would like to admit. Yeah. Looking for this online. And that was the only one that was brand new, never opened. Most of the other ones that were opened, even some that were open and, and pretty beat up, were a hundred bucks. Wow, eighty to a hundred bucks. It's funny you just never know what's going to be popular or yeah. not. So my friend um, Jay Shreve owns JC and a Hobby, so he mm -hmm. he lives in this world of oh, yeah. toys, etc. And within the text group, we'll get people that will randomly be at a garage sale and send them a picture of stuff. And it's like, Jay, are these worth any money? And usually the answer is no. Like so much from our childhoods are worth nothing. Yep. Basically. But it's that rare one that is that keeps you on the hunt. And and it's a wild because uh the, the coolest one that I I mean, I've only been a part of this text group for a short period of time, but I did experience this here recently. One of the guys, their neighbor was having a garage sale, had a bunch of Packers memorabilia actually, and snapped a photo of a collage. I mean, there were tons 75 of different pens, Packers yeah. pens and bobbleheads and all and, that stuff. And and did send six or seven different photos of that were like that. That all ha every photo had several dozen items stuff. in them. And Jay pulled out some real finds out of there. He mm -hmm. would say, I mean, he would highlighted some stuff said, "Hey, at, circled one, ask about this, see if it has this sticker and tell him that this is what well, he went, he went over there early before the sale and spent like 350 bucks. Yeah, he bought some a, of that stuff. He bought an entire board full of Packers keychains. Yeah, keychains. Yeah. yeah. And yep. so yeah, I mean it's 
It, 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 that Jay's a good one to know. Yeah. Certainly, we need we need to get Jay on this. He's never been on the show to talk all about all the stuff that's worthless from our childhood or, well, or whatever. That whole world of that, collectibles is yeah. very interesting. That sort of circles back around. It's worthless to everyone else, but if it means something to you. Like you, you bought exactly. the the Flintstone. Oh, I egg just, machine. I just, I just lived it this week. Yeah, yeah. You, you bought bought something that would be worthless to, to the rest of us, maybe because we don't remember yeah. it or wasn't it, that wasn't part of our. I mean, until you come over and take an but, egg out, right? Of well, as long as you give me the quarter for it, I will. But well, you don't. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> here's the, he's, he won't. You don't need a quarter right now. Just got to plug it in. Oh, all right, all right. so it's supposed but to. It, it's it supposed means, to put in quarter. Fred spins around, says yeah. yabba dabba do, and then it spits out an egg. Right, right now, when I plug it in, Fred just keeps on spinning. And uh, all the oh eggs just no, keep on sure. coming. So I got to, Ross needs to hook me up with a guy. Ross has a guy. Ross always has a guy yeah. that can check I, the circuit I, I board. I tried to tell you, this isn't the friend I've of mine, but I know there's a dude. I think he's in Ames, man. I'm almost you know who you can get a hold of. of it. Get a hold of Up Down. I'm yeah. sure that's that's in their oh, wheelhouse. I never thought about Sam that's Summers. Got, that's got to be in their I, wheelhouse. Just call Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Probably got him on speed up. By the way, do any of you know this, the cleaning trick to this? If not, I got to go to the internet. Um, the where you look into the machine and see the eggs and see Fred, that's a piece of plexiglass mm -hmm. and it's got a foggy look to it. And we tried yeah. a couple things. It wasn't cleaning them up. Yeah, I'm thinking, man, I've that. seen too many commercials where they make that old car yeah. look perfect. Like what product do I need to use on this plexiglass to try on to clear the outside? it? Seems like it's on both sides. It, it's almost, yeah. You know how plexiglass over time, it kind of gets dulls. that. Yeah. It's dull cool. is the right word for it. It almost, it starts to become uh Maybe some. Uh, I'm a big fan of Gugon he headlight cleaner. Headlight That's cleaner, what he's man. thinking. That he was thinking mm -hmm. headlight cleaner. Yeah. I had I never would have thought of that. I honestly, Mark, when you were, I was like, well, that's what happens. It gets old and it's just bad now. <laughs> I think you're it right. Probably There's be restored. Gugon definitely would Gugan, be one that man. I would try. I yeah. And then Gugan. any the magic eraser. Any headlight cleaner. Wait, I tried the magic eraser. That wasn't doing it though. Yeah. That was not doing Those it. Magic erasers are pretty sweet. I oh, used I the magic eraser on the rest of it, and there that that did a good job. I wish the magic erasers are a little bit more robust. They start to, yeah, they start uh, to fall tear. apart and crumb pretty quick. They've got pretty quick. the uh, the peel off ones now that come in sheets. Oh, you're blowing my mind. I know, <laughs> man. I know. I was not aware of this, but Gugon could be worth a try. I just feel like there is that that product when out it there. gets yeah when it gets like dull in that in that state. It's yeah. I don't know what the. But haven't you what seen like the exact commercial I'm talking about? It's like oh, the car like that's been a, in the junkyard yeah, for Billy, uh, 20 years and <laughs> like they clean it up. It's just looking perfect. Or yep. don't worry about what scratch or dents in this thing. It'll uh -huh. fix it up like perfectly. I'm watching people talk behind me here. It's heavy <laughs> it's action. Distracting. Heavy action. Definitely. Um, Coming back to the, to the, you know, what's something you would spend money on in that. For whatever reason, I always have this thought of when I was growing up, if my parents would have bought two of every toy they got me and set one aside, never opened it, put it in a box, didn't collect us, set nothing. Set from life. What, what do you think those toys from your childhood, and again, it's going to be dependent upon who's willing to pay for it, but you got to think like the Ninja Turtles, the original G.I. Joes, mm -hmm. the original Hot Wheels cars that go for a lot of money. Yeah. That, you know, if they would have spent, now granted, back then, you know, spending Twice an extra... Five to ten bucks would add up over time. It depends time, on what you think, though, in terms of that's worth a lot because a lot of those toys would be worth 80 bucks, 150 sure. bucks, 300 dollars, which is certainly much more than what they were. But it's it's so hard to find the ones that, um, like Star Wars, there's there's a guy that has like a blue cape instead of a red cape. Yeah. It's almost like an air thing, and that's yep. worth thousands yep. of dollars. Um, there used to be, I think the value went down. Remember Peanut, the, be the Beanie Baby? Peanut was a royal blue elephant. Yes. And that was the one you'd look. Peanut was the wow. the most valuable. And at a certain point, it'd be 5000 But I feel like the Beanie Babies have just collapsed. They died. There's yeah. there's no value anymore. Right? Well, all those ladies started stacking them in the back seat of their, yeah. uh, their back <laughs> window of their cars. Just playing yeah. them. But yeah, Peanut was a royal blue elephant. I think maybe it was that color was rare. There was another one that was a lighter blue. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, that reminds me, if you guys did this, would I know we talked about baseball cards before. Did you used to do get the price guide and go card to card oh, to see how much money you had? I remember this. Whatever year it would have been, 87 Donruss sitting in my basement with the thick price guide that you'd get you know, for a few bucks. My dad would buy it for me, and I'd pull out some nobody, 1987, flip to him, and it'd say two cents. 
and I just felt like I was building my wealth yeah. Yeah. that way. That was right. your retirement. Did you do stuff. that? Did yeah. you like go through and like actually see what they were all you worth? Know, we, we were huge baseball card family. Yeah. My brother, uh, my older brother bought the neighbor kids collection when he became 18. And so we had this unbelievable amount of cards and they're, and so we learned really early on. I mean, my dad taught us really early on that something is worth what somebody will pay you for it. It doesn't matter what the Beckett says. Mm-hmm. It matter if when somebody shows up with cash or you go to sell it, and that person because we would take them to the card shops and walk in. Do we take them to Jay's CD and Hobby and walk in and go, "Hey, what, what will you give me for my 1984 Don Mattingly rookie?" And the guy would go, "12 bucks." Mm-hmm. You go, "Well, the Beckett says it's worth 25," and the guy would say, "Find somebody to give you 25." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and it was an important lesson when we were kids. Like, it's worth what somebody will pay you yeah. for, it. especially if you're selling it to the middleman, yeah. which you'd be doing mm-hmm. in that case. But there are some cards that are ridiculous. I just saw Zion Williamson sold for $100,000 um, on eBay recently, a Zion uh, rookie card. Um, a Mike Trout, there's only five of this specific one, uh, sold for, I don't remember what it was, over 500000 maybe, maybe more than that. Wow. Might have been more than That's a crazy. million recently but the fact that cards can sell for a million or a hundred thousand dollars or whatever new one well they changed the card game completely it used to be mass produced and now they don't do that now now there's certain sets where every card in the set is either autographed or has a piece of game jersey with it or has a, a whatever i mean i've seen cards with like a bat splinter you know, attached to it or or, or all that stuff so the game is to be uniform definitely changed like jay will tell me I'm paraphrasing. This isn't exactly true, but he'll say, I just got a new set of X in and they'll sell right away. And I'm like, what, what are the details? There's 10 cards in the box and it's $1,500. Jeez. So it's like, you're, you're like $150 a card, like on average, but you're hoping like every card in does have more value than a regular card because even the guy that you never even heard of on the card is going to say one of seven or whatever. So everything now is made rare. Which is not what they did when we were growing up. Yeah, it was the exact opposite. You know, it's like even the Jordan rookie cards. The 86 Fleer is super, super popular right now. Yeah. Someone just bought three unopened boxes of those for over $100,000. But it was known that in a box, there was an average of two to three Jordans per box. So the buyer of that might get six Jordan rookie cards. And if they're close to 10s, the Jordan rookie card can go for close to a hundred thousand yeah. dollars on its own. So it's, um, it's just an interesting deal. We do have to have Jay come in and walk us through his toy shop. I have to go. What you looking meeting. for? I got to write a note and then I'm going to get out of here. Um, yeah, I have nothing else. What do you guys have? Anything? Want to give a shout out about yourselves? Call me if you want to buy or sell a home. Happy to help you out. Call me if Love you need an auto loan or a personal loan. Call me if you need a mortgage. <laughs> Call me if you want awkward dinner. <laughs> or to be snubbed at a baseball game. I'm ha- happy to do it. And he'll do them back-to-back nights, man. He will invite you into his house and then forget about you like a orange peel the next day. Thanks for listening. Sorry, Ross decided to swear on this episode. Apologies I to am, the kids. Man, I'm so sorry. Another episode of Jump the Shark is in the books. Ross and I hope you had fun with us and we made your week a little better. If you love the show, you can help the show. Please subscribe to us wherever it is you listen to your podcast. You can also show some love by telling others about Charterhouse Real Estate. We have made it easy for you to talk about us by charging sellers a lot less commission. They will thank you for giving them our name. We truly appreciate your support, and we will talk to you next week.